On today's episode, we'll talk about some Stars players who have been struggling to put the puck in the back of the net as of late and how concerned we should be with their play down the stretch of the season and especially going into this massive back-to-back tonight and tomorrow. We'll cover all of this and more on today's episode of Locked On Stars. Your Locked On Stars, your daily podcast on the Dallas Stars. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, Stars fans. Welcome back to the Locked On Stars podcast, the only daily podcast covering the Dallas Stars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Dane Lewis, your local expert on all things Dallas Stars hockey, coming to you on this Wednesday, March 1st. It's March already. That's crazy. And this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more with FanDuel and visit FanDuel.com slash on today to get started. And whether this is your first time here or you are a recurring Locked On Stars listener, thank you for tuning in and making us your first listen of the day. Subscribe to the show on YouTube or follow us on your favorite podcasting platform. If you haven't already done so, the best way to help the show is to leave a like, a comment, or a five-star rating or review on Apple or Spotify. And if you're watching on YouTube, you can see that the neon open sign is back on the set. Uh, Many of you know it just fell in the middle of a recording session a few weeks ago. And I had the thought yesterday that really things for the stars had gone downhill, uh, at least in terms of wins and things of that nature, since the sign fell. And so I figured it's time to find a way to integrate the neon open sign back into the show. And hopefully, uh, if my superstitions are true, This means that the Stars will be back on track in no time. But I do want to spend the majority of the day talking about a few players on the team who have been struggling to score goals as of late and talk about how concerned we should be with the lack of production from a few of the best players on the team, or at least guys that we should consider to be the best on the team. And the biggest name amongst all of these players in my eyes is Joe Pavelski. Joe Pavelski has fallen into a weird uncanny dry spell or really unnatural dry spell from him uh, that we've been accustomed to seeing excellence from him last season he set a new career high in just about every offensive category he was voted as the team's lone all-star representative he was excellent in the playoffs and he got off to a hot start this season as well but we've seen captain america slow down just a little bit here over uh, the past month and and some change. He hasn't scored a goal since January 14th. That was the Saturday afternoon game against the Calgary Flames, where Joe Pavelski did record two goals in that matchup. But since then, 16 has not put the puck in the back of the net. He has 14 on the season to complement 37 assists, 51 points, and 60 games played for Pavs this season. And so lately, there's been some discourse on the internet and around the Dallas Stars community wondering if Joe Pavelski has finally hit a wall and if he's starting to fall off, per se. And I don't necessarily think that this is the case, because if you look at Joe Pavelski, he's not really doing anything different. He's still approaching the game 
in the same way that he does, being one of the first guys on the ice at practice in the mornings uh, and setting himself up for success, whether it's on the five-on-five or on the power play. I know on Monday night against the Canucks, we saw him get a few prime opportunities to score, and he just couldn't put it in the back of the net. And several times we'll see him even kind of have his back to the net with the puck, and he does the signature kind of backhand shot. You, you guys who have been watching Pavelski for a long time know exactly what I'm talking about, and some of those shots are just going wide. He's still making his home in the slot in front of the net, preparing for those tip-ins. Things just have not gone his way. So the reason I'm not really concerned is that we see players enter scoring slumps. It's an unfortunate part of the game, and unfortunately for the Stars, we have too many players who have fallen into that category, including Joe Pavelski, who's still contributing to the Stars' top line. And I think that's where we can take solace, uh, is at this point we're still seeing some pretty good production from Jason Robertson and Rope Hints. We've even seen Joe Pavelski pick up some assists over the past few games. His scoring drought really uh, is reflected in the goal scoring, which it would be nice to see him get more involved but I think at the same time, I think he's earned and deserves uh, maybe some more grace than some other players on this team because of one, what he's done since joining this team. Uh, I mean, I think he's set the bar pretty high for himself. And so now this seemingly lack of production is abnormal and we're not used to seeing it. But I think that there's also I think Joe Pavelski has earned to not be as you know criticized as heavily as some other players that we'll talk about a little bit later just because he's been so consistent for so long, you have to imagine at some point he was due for a little bit of a regression, although this is not a very fortuitous time for that to occur. And, and honestly, I mean, it's miraculous that he did what he did last season, given how long he's been in the league, at his age, he's in his late 30s. So I, I think that it's you know normal to be worried or concerned right now. But given the history of Joe Pavelski and how hard we know that he works to you know, perfect his game and get his game to an adequate competitive level, I think that we can still be encouraged by what we've seen from him, knowing that eventually he's going to score. And I think once he finally gets one to go, I think he's going to get back into a rhythm. And I think he's going to be a huge piece for this team in the playoffs. We saw him come up huge in several games last year in the postseason against the Flames. And I expect him to be another key player for the team this time around. And you know, there's a few people that are now concerned about the longevity of him. He's coming back next year for at least one more season. But he with and he did it this year too. He is taking pay cuts with his new contracts. He's only going to be making 3.5 million dollars next season, which again is you know two million dollars less than what he's making this year. So I, I for one am you know upset that Pavelski hasn't been producing, but I'm I'm willing to wait it out. And I know that he's going to get back on track because he's a guy who puts in the work. It's just a matter of when, not if. And so when he does, I, I think that that top line is going to take even another step forward. We've seen Hints and Robertson bury some pucks lately, and Pavelski's been involved in some of those plays. I would not worry too much about Joe Pavelski. I think in time, he's going to get back into his rhythm, and we as Stars fans should know uh, that he is a trustworthy player, and I know that many people uh, are still rooting for him to do well. He's one of the most likable guys, not just on this team, but across the entire NHL. And I, for one, am excited to see him get back on track, uh, and I think when it happens, the team in general will hopefully be taking a step forward with him. Well, we're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we're going to talk about a few other players who are on scoring droughts that 
there maybe isn't much of an excuse for. And we it, it just leaves us scratching our heads as to why they can't produce. And it's really hurting this team at this point in the season. Today's episode of Locked on Stars is brought to you by Indeed. No matter how the last game went, anytime you take the field, you've got a shot at greatness. Give your team the best shot at winning by recruiting more MVPs with Indeed. If you're hiring, you need Indeed. Because Indeed is the hiring partner where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. And Indeed is the only job site where you're guaranteed to find quality applications that meet your must-have requirements or else you don't pay. Indeed partners with you on every step of the hiring process. Find great talent through time-saving tools like Indeed Instant Match, assessments, and virtual interviews. With Instant Match, as soon as you sponsor a post, you get a short list of quality candidates with resumes on Indeed that match your job description, and you can invite them to apply right away. Plus, you only pay for quality applications that meet your must-have requirements. Start hiring right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash locked on. Offer valid through March 31st. Go to Indeed.com slash locked on to claim your $75 credit before March 31st. Indeed.com slash locked on. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Thank you again for making the Locked on Stars podcast your first listen of the day as we continue to progress through this week with some important games on the schedule. The trade deadline coming up on Friday. Stars still have only made a move for Evgeny Dodonov at the time of recording, but I still expect them to make some sort of other move. But before we talk about the importance of the rest of this week, I want to continue the trend of talking about underperforming players. We talked about Joe Pavelski. It's weird to see him in this scoring slump, but I think he's going to get it turned around. And I have hope that some of these other guys we'll talk about will hopefully get things turned around as well. But just given how the entirety of their season has gone, I'm not really sure if it can be to the extent that the Stars need but if the Stars can get some production from some of these players, I think they have a really good chance to kind of revive their season here and go into the playoffs with some momentum. And the first of these guys that we have to talk about, who's been in the discussion all year, up and down, up and down, is Tyler Sagan. So he is not necessarily on a long goalless streak. We saw him score back on February 22nd in that loss to the Chicago Blackhawks. But before then, it had been about a month since he had scored a goal. He scored twice in Los Angeles on January 19th and really just has been struggling. And again, one reason I think the Dodonov trade was so good and why the Stars might need to make another move is Tyler's need for consistency with his line mates. And one of his line mates we're going to talk about in just a second uh, is maybe even more snake bitten than Tyler. But then that third piece has just been a revolving door, whether it's been Denis Gurionov, who's now gone to Montreal, Roddick Foxa, uh, and even some of these other AHL players, uh, Matej Blumel, whenever he was with the team. I mean, it has just been a revolving door on the Stars' second line with Tyler Sagan and Mason Marchment. Now Ty Delandria is there for the time being with Evgeny Dodonov playing on line three with Jamie Benn and Wyatt Johnston. I'd be curious to see if there's ever an attempt to move Dodonov to that second line once he you know, gets some more minutes with this team, once he grows more accustomed to the team as a whole. 
I mean, I think he played well with Johnston and Ben. Obviously, he scored on a beautiful pass from Wyatt Johnston. But I think that there could be some production there as well on the second line if you move to Donoff to play alongside Tyler Sagan because he needs a guy who can go out and produce and score goals. And Marchment isn't quite doing that right now. But for the time being, I do like Ty Delandria on that second line. I think he's been one of the better pieces alongside Sagan. And I know they work together a lot during practices and even during warmups near the end when guys start leaving the ice. Uh, Delandria has now kind of taken over Alexander Radulov's old you know, uh, role, I guess, of feeding Tyler Sagan passes for one-timers. Obviously, there's no defense in those warmups, but there is some sort of chemistry and connection there. And I think at times they bring the best out of each other. And of course, we saw Sagan have some success whenever he was filling in for Rope Hints at the top line center position. So we know if you put good pieces around Sagan, he can still produce. So I'm I'm very curious to see how much the Stars can do before the deadline in terms of making at least one more addition to the team. I know that there probably needs to be a move made for a defenseman, but you could also make the case that you could go out and add another forward piece that could complement Tyler Sagan's game while also keeping Evgeny Dodonov alongside Jamie Benn and Wyatt Johnston. And of course, the other guy that we have to talk about, Tyler Sagan's line mate for the majority of the season, maybe the most cursed player on this team right now, Mason Marchman, a guy who has not scored a goal since December 13th in New Jersey. And, and it's been just the weirdest watch this season, seeing how Marchman has, I almost said progressed, but really the word has been regressed. And it's been incredibly sad to watch because he you know, has just had opportunity after opportunity and when he was signed in free agency by the Stars in the offseason, we thought, finally, we're getting a good piece to put along Tyler Sagan on the second line. And what makes things even worse, what makes it harder to watch right now, is because when the season began, that's exactly what he was. He scored three goals in his first two games on the team, had a four-game point streak to start the season. I mean, he really could just do no wrong. Up until around that road trip, in mid-December, Mason Marchment was a fairly consistent player. He wasn't scoring goals every single game after that first week or so, but he was still finding ways to get involved, putting pressure on teams, playing a key role in some of those big comebacks. Uh, whenever the Stars would be down three or four goals in the third period, it seemed like Mason Marchment was always a key proponent in those comebacks, either scoring goals or setting up teammates for goals in those situations. And now we're lucky to see him get a secondary assist on a play. I mean, he just cannot put the puck in the back of the net, and he's getting his chances. Monday night, many of you saw it, and I saw plenty of tweets about it uh, on social media. He had a prime opportunity early in the game against the Canucks on a odd man rush, absolutely fumbled uh, the puck on what would have been pretty much a wide-open shot at Thatcher Demko in the Canucks net, and he just could not get it to go. I don't know what he's done or who he's made angry to, to have him be on this scoreless streak. But man, it, it is brutal to watch because there was so much promise and potential. And I think that there still is. And I have to believe there still is because he's not really going to be going anywhere. The stars have him until 2026 at $4.5 million a season. And I know that this year has not been easy for Marchman and his family. Uh, I know a lot of off the ice issues um, have 
I'm sure been heavy on his mind. And obviously we have to take that into consideration. Uh, I can't imagine going through a loss like Marchment had in the off season and then trying to play a full season of NHL hockey. It's incredibly difficult, incredibly difficult. And I don't want to undermine that in the slightest, but I, I am truly rooting for him to at least get one in the net. Whereas Pavelski, yes, he needs to get one to go and I think he'll get back on track. I mean, Mason Marchment needs one to go in a bad way because now I think that his scoreless streak is starting to affect his confidence. I still think Pavelski is playing with a ton of confidence on the ice. He's just not getting pucks to go. Whereas Marchman, I think you can see in his play, his confidence has tanked. And I think if he's able to finally get one to go, we'll start to see it climb back progressively. And I don't think it's going to open the floodgates if he gets one to go, but it's going to be a step in the right direction. And at this point in the season, the Stars will take what they can get in terms of production from a guy who has all the potential in the world to be a very good player for this team. He just hasn't been able to execute as of late. And so, I mean, I'm, I'm obviously always rooting for the guys on this team and, and rooting for Sagan and Pavelski to get back on track. But Mason Marchman, especially just because this is a new city, uh, relatively new to him. I know it's he's been here the entire season and played the majority of games, if not all of the games. And I really do think that he could be a special player for this team. He just needs to find that spark. And maybe if the team adds at the deadline one more player, maybe that third piece both benefits he and Tyler Sagan. We're going to take one more quick break, but when we come back, we'll talk about some of the upcoming games on the Stars' schedule. They kick off an important three-game division stretch tonight. Today's episode of Locked on Stars also brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. The midway point of the NBA season is here. Now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. All you have to do is download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets back if when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA and the Locked On Stars podcast. All right, everybody, we're closing out today's episode talking about the importance of of this stretch coming up for the Dallas Stars on the schedule. They have the Arizona Coyotes coming into town tonight. And obviously you want to look at this game and say, well, it's a it's a basement team. It's a team who's not going to be in the postseason. So uh, we should expect a Stars win. But as we've seen over the past two weeks and some change, we know that that is not the expectation. We know that this Coyotes team is probably going to come in with some flair. The players are going to be playing hard. And even with, you know, kind of the weird situation they're in of not playing some of their guys because of trade related reasons, at least at the time of recording, Jacob Chikrin is technically still a member of the Coyotes, though he has not played in quite some time. This team still has weapons. They have Clayton Keller, uh, Shane Gostisbehere. I mean, this is a, a team that the Stars have handled pretty well in their first two meetings of the season. But again, we, we know, given over the past few games that you can't necessarily trust what you see in terms of points and record and things of that nature. So this is a must-win game at home against the Coyotes before heading to the Windy City tomorrow for the first road game of the season against the Chicago Blackhawks, who we also know 
through the first two games of the season, you cannot take advantage of us. The first game, the Stars had to pull off a dramatic multi-goal comeback in the third period. And then we all know what happened in the second matchup just about a week ago uh, where the Stars blew a multiple goal lead of their own to the Blackhawks. Although now Chicago does look drastically different as Patrick Kane is officially uh, the newest member of the New York Rangers, reunited with Artemi Panarin back home in the state he grew up in, uh, a native of Buffalo, New York. So now that is a huge piece missing from this team, but it wasn't just Patrick Kane who burned the Stars. Max Domi, Seth Jones, they still have good pieces on this team, and, and they've given up even other guys. I know that they made a deal with Toronto that sent a few players away. So it's a drastically different-looking team than what we saw a week ago. But again, just because it's a team that has a bad record and is tanking does not mean it's an easy win for the Stars at this point in the season. Although I do think the matchups are favorable, and the Stars absolutely should win these games they need to find ways to have offensive production like we saw on monday score three or four goals at the very least and i think you have a great shot to win this game and give jake ottinger some insurance in the net but the, quite possibly the biggest game of the week comes up on saturday the colorado avalanche i've been saying it all season on this show uh, also on the locked on nhl podcast on western conference tuesdays that i co-host with brett holden of locked on oilers and he's been saying this with me too, and I think a lot of other people as well. The Avalanche are coming. I know that they were down. They've had injuries. They've been a wild card team at points in this season. Uh, they've been out of the playoff picture at points in this season. But now they are, what, two points behind the Dallas Stars with a couple games in hand? They are sneakily approaching that first place spot in the division. They were my projection to win the Central Division this season. I haven't really wavered on that, although I've had belief that the Stars could be top three. The Avalanche are coming, and they're still not even fully healthy is what's crazy. Kill McCarr is missing time. Gabe Landeskog still has not skated for the team this season, yet here they are on, I believe, a six-game win streak at the time of recording this, and they're coming to town on Saturday for an important, important divisional clash. Very well could be playing for first place in the division on Saturday, but the Stars might have a little bit of breathing room coming into that game if they can take care of business tonight and on Thursday, we're finally at the the you know the home stretch of the season. Uh, a few games in the month of April, but really this month of March is make it or break it for the team. And they've had a a home schedule throughout the month of February for the most part that they have not been able to take advantage of, and they'll start to see a lot more of the road here in the middle of March. They have a what one two three four five six game road trip starting in Buffalo, and then they'll head out west for two games against Seattle a game in Vancouver, a game in Edmonton, a game in Calgary, right there, right in the middle of the month. It is make or break time for this team. And it all starts with these two games on the back-to-back. -back. I mean, if you if you looked at these games at the start of the season and said, wow, a back-to-back -back against the Coyotes and the Blackhawks, what, what a blessing, what, what a gift that we're seeing on the schedule. But these games make me nervous. I mean, you want to say at this point, the pessimist in me says, well, you, if you can get two out of four points in these games, uh, you can live with it. But I mean, if you if you want to be a, a true, truly good team going into this game against Colorado, a game that is likely for the lead in the division, you must get four or four. You must take care of business against these teams that have some of them lost all of their really good talent outside of one or two players like the, the Blackhawks now are without Kane. 
uh, Lafferty, and I know a few other players as well have now departed from the Chicago Blackhawks, and the, the Coyotes also sending off some pieces here and there involved in a lot of trade moves. You have to take care of business with these two games and then find a way to win on Saturday with the Colorado Avalanche coming to town. It's a tough stretch, and it's not been a good stretch for the Stars as of late, but these are the kind of moments that you live for as a hockey fan. The meaningful games, the playoff-level intensity, even though it's early March. But that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked on Stars. Thank you again for tuning in, making us your first listen of the day. Be sure to hit that subscribe button on YouTube, the follow button on your favorite podcasting platform, Follow us on social media at Dane double underscore Lewis on Twitter, my personal Twitter account and the show. You can find us at locked on stars. Thank you guys again for tuning in. We'll be back here tomorrow with some post game coverage of the matchup against the coyotes. And then we'll be looking ahead to Thursday night's game against the Blackhawks. And of course, if any other trade news breaks, we'll be covering it right here on locked on stars, but I hope you guys enjoy your Wednesday and we'll see you back here tomorrow. <laughs>